0: for checking into the home for Seas. This is a podcast where a friend and I talk about our original characters, the good, the bad, and the self-inserts. And today, our guest is my friend Skye. How are you doing this morning?
1: Hey, I'm doing alright. I picked up a sort of irritating dry cough earlier this week, but otherwise I'm doing great. How about you?
0: I am dealing with just the continual onslaught of what I'm not sure are allergies or not. <laughs>
1: yeah i feel like everybody's in that in that lovely headspace yeah.
0: apparently like ragweed is really bad this year but i've never actually gotten tested so i don't know what i'm specifically allergic to but also <laughs> my department at work is just a whole bunch of people who probably should be getting more sleep and we tend ah. to pass colds around the department like wildfire so i don't know that's fun i'm hydrating <laughs> it's, well,
1: sharing is caring mm-hmm and also I think the allergy may just be to, you know, 2019 or the last three to four oh, years.
0: Oh lord, no, we, we cannot talk about that right now or else this will just become a sad <laughs> podcast. And that's not what this is about. This <laughs> is about original characters.
1: It, this is about original characters, therefore most of them probably have tragic backstories.
0: Yeah, but so it, that's that's not what we try to dwell on, I guess, as much. Fair
1: enough. <laughs> It's fake sad, not yes, real sad. Yes, it's
0: fictional sad. <laughs> so, who are we going to be talking about today, Sky?
1: Well, today I thought I would come in with my Champions Online creation, Nightlight. He created- no, I'm, um, I'm actually here to talk about uh, a character and a little bit about his brother that I uh, made up for D&D. Uh, his name's Anolith Palindrome, and he's Mistoffelees t- Tiefling Wizard. You
0: you almost had me with that Then I was like-
1: <laughs> we didn't talk
0: about that part, and you already my—you already talked about Nightlight before, but but no.
1: It's an update. It's an update to the old oh, one.
0: Oh, jeez. <clears throat> okay.
1: It's a Wayward OC revisit. Yeah. Uh, I'll, have
0: um. to, I'll have to put that idea on the back burner for another time, maybe.
1: <laughs> not a lot's different. There's not really much to update other than he can fly because I couldn't find a construct walking ability. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, Anilith.
1: Yes. <clears throat> so, um, uh, a couple years ago, um, we have a mutual friend in Scott Mason, Jake Mason's younger brother. Uh, he was looking for some people to help him test run a and d campaign. He was writing for his friends. And because I had only played D&D once, I wanted to try something different. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead of doing a ranger, I wanted to do a wizard. Because I, I never understood people... Whose first impulse is to do just a regular human fighter because you can be like a, a turtle wizard. Why? Why do you? Yeah. Why would you stick with a human? Yeah. Um. But uh, I went to I think it's like Orcs Pub. Uh. I. Mm-hmm. Um, website is the word I was looking for just then. <laughs> uh, it's a website where you can create a character and like print out a character sheet, and it's Sounds very fun. handy. Hashtag not <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a great resource. Like you can build your character sheet instead of having to the tr- you know having to do it yourself. Yeah. It's the future. It's great. Um mm-hmm. And I just kind of hit random and all of these uh you know Tiefling wizard came up. Um so from there I, I like we only did the one round of the campaign uh, Scott was writing, mm-hmm. but um the idea of that character you know, lingered in my head because I enjoyed playing him because he's kind of brassy and brash, yeah. And uh, in in ways that I'm typically more polite and reserved. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I started creating like backstories for him uh, after I found the Five E co- Companion app on my phone, which gave me too much power. And made me, <laughs> led me into creating a lot of characters and like making up D and D character sheets for characters like Spider-Man and Leonardo. The turtle.
0: Okay. I mean, that's on brand.
1: <laughs> yeah. I've got, I've got a brand to maintain. Mm-hmm. So there's also Venus. She's a turtle mystic.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: <laughs> Excuse me. A turtle mystic. Um, But it um was easier to find information about characters because it's, you like select your class, select your uh, race, and then it'll give you all the other options that are available. Mm-hmm. So, um, reading through it, you get to see all the cool different kinds of tieflings, um, and a Mistopheles one like has the inherent ability to cast uh, sword or flame of not flame of sword those words but arranged correctly yeah. uh, sword of flame.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: When they hit a specific level, I was like, well, that's also pretty on brand for me, so I'll I'll go with that. Yeah. And uh, I I think that tieflings are inherently interesting because they have that infernal background. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily evil, but they're often viewed that way.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, On honestly, like that is that is one of my favorite things about tabletop gaming is when is when people take a, like a race in D and D or a tabletop game like the drow or tieflings or something that is. That was maybe written to be more villainized by the original creators because of, you know, Mm -hmm. the 70s and the 80s. And the fact (laughs) that a lot of the people who made the games that are more popular today were uh, white cis men. (laughs) And (laughs) then how today in gaming people have just said, nope, you know what, they might just be a little bit more quixotic. They might be a little bit weirder, but no one is inherently evil in D&D, except for maybe like, Beholders? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's someone out there who's played like, a good Beholder, if you can play Beholders. Of course.
1: <laughs> Everybody's a shade of gray. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: It's a, it's a very important thing that you learn while playing this goofy game for babies. Oh, yeah. With a lot of murder I mean, in it, it, so maybe not for it's babies. It's definitely
0: not for babies.
1: <laughs> there's a lot of math, too. Yeah. Uh, For young people, I think I mean to say. But yeah, it 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 offers so much opportunity for you to experience and you know a, a different point of view, a different personality. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um I've been watching um a different non spun but there's a a YouTube channel that I've been following pretty closely. Um the DM's name is Brian Lee Mulligan. Okay. And he's <laughs> he's very permissive in what he lets his players do. Um he you know, like any good GM, he if it's cool for the story, he's like, "Hey, yeah, do it." Yeah. Um, And they have a campaign um, they're calling, was it, Escape from the Bloodkeep, where all of his characters, or all of his players, are playing as villains, and they're trying to reestablish a definitely not Sauron.
0: Okay, okay.
1: And it's really neat, because, like, one of his players is playing a drider, which is like a a centaur, but a spider. Okay. And uh, there's, like, an evil elf, and, you know, one's just like a straight-up monstrosity I can't remember if it has a real name for the race or not, but it's like a turtle bear, you know, like from Avatar yeah. The Last Airbender. And it's really neat. Like, D&D affords you so many options to do a thing. Oh,
0: yeah, definitely.
1: And I don't know if you saw that tweet that was swirling around about that muscly guy who's like, I don't play Dungeons and & Dragons. And was like, why? Why are you, why are you like yeah. that, man?
0: See, I, I don't think I saw... I might have seen that one, but the one that I saw more often was the one from, I think, Brandon Cutler... Who is like also like a wrestler, and he took a picture of himself, you know, like flexing and everything. and He's like, like I'm a wrestler, and I do play Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. And the reason why <laughs> I follow him is because he did cosplay a while ago of Grog from Critical Role. Is that yeah?
1: Right? That's yeah. And I was at. like, you
0: know what, like, <laughs> it's it's 2019. There's enough that you can be sad about. Why not just t- <laughs> why, why not just take joy in things and maybe not put people down as much.
1: Yeah, right? I mean, it's it's hurting nobody but fictitious characters. Yep. Be cool. Be cool for like one second. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: So, anyway, I had the bones now um, because I always love to play a character who has like a ranged attack, and if he has magic and magic swords and stuff, that's also rad. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't mean to throw he's in there. I just, <laughs> specifically this character, he. Uh, so I have this all-powerful app, and I'm going through and looking up traits and stuff, Um and I found out about a wizard class known as um, Blade Singer.
0: which uh, which is exactly up your alley, and I will let you explain why.
1: <laughs> well, um, normally wizards are pretty squishy. Oh yes. And when you are uh, a wizard of the blade song, you get bonuses to your health and attack uh, for like melee is attacks, mm-hmm. and also the blade song is something that'll activate and last a minute and you can you know boost your stuff even further like you know buff your ac or increase your walking speed dex Con, all that mm-hmm. stuff all the good stuff uh and also like you can use it to completely redirect uh like damage and you can completely block it or whatever it's just really rad and yeah. uh you get like proficiencies in sword fighting and so on and yeah that's uh, if you know me at all, right on brand.
0: <laughs> oh, yes, it is very on brand for you.
1: <laughs> so uh, so I've got all of the important stuff. So uh, I didn't really come up with like a backstory or a character for the first run with him while we were playing. Um, I'm going to go ahead and just call it Escape from the Giga Dome," uh, which was uh, Scott's campaign. Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean,
0: that's that sounds on brand for a mason. <laughs>
1: So I started thinking about uh the you know the background what what makes this character this character mm-hmm. and I read, was reading about a uh like a background trait called uh, what was it urban uh urban bounty hunter So I wanted him cuz he's like I said he's he's a tiefling which means most people will naturally distrust him because they look like demons and have you know horns and pointed tails and stuff fun, so, and
0: fun skin colors
1: Yeah I think the book said specifically red, but like do what you want. Oh yeah. Nobody's gonna nobody's gonna stop no you. No
0: rules, just right.
1: Affect <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons.
0: Yep.
1: Um. So uh, I was I was reading about urban bounty hunter, and that sounds red because that sounds like somebody who's trying to help the community, um, but has to do it in a way where it's uh, more more from an not... outsider perspective. Yeah, because like people will it's sort of kind of like a witcher situation where they are it's somebody they need to have around but don't necessarily want around yeah and then at this point i read that only elves are allowed to have uh the blade song i was like well that sucks yeah that sucks a whole bunch um and uh this is where the brother kind of comes in um he I was like, well, if I can't have a cool wizard guy, maybe with the blade song, maybe I'll just do like a warlock. And um so I came up with Ordric Palindrome. Uh he's you know, very similar. They have like so in my head they are twins. Yeah. And this one um it, they have diametrically opposed personalities, as you would expect from a D and D character. Um so he he just uh has a bunch of stuff that you'd expect for a warlock, like, <laughs> and of course he is has a pact with uh, the uh, the Hexblade, if you can believe it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can, <laughs> I, I in fact can believe it.
1: <laughs> yeah, cool swords and magic. That's that's pretty much what I'm about. Um, so I I was like coming up with a backstory for the two of them, or f- more specifically for for Ordric, because I was kind of just leaving An- Analyth behind. Yeah. Um, because I hit a wall with the class. Um, and the more I thought about it, the more I was able to justify the, uh, the reason why he would have the Hexblade, or not the Hexblade, why Anilith would have the Blade Song. Okay. So, um, when they were, they were born to, um, an Elvish woman, uh, as twins, Mm -hmm. but, um, the father... Was expecting to have elven babies, but when he found out they were tieflings, yeah. uh, he was miffed. Yeah. So <sighs> he didn't necessarily want to harm children, but he did not want them in his life. So he absconded with them and left them at the at a local uh, high elf uh, temple, um, thinking that maybe they would take care of them and either, you know. Have them work at the temple or, you know, uh, get rid of them uh, altogether. Because it's, you know, Dungeons and Dragons times and stuff like that happens. Yeah. Uh, So the high elves uh, that, uh, you know, kept the temple did have uh, like some sort of pact where they couldn't harm children like that. Yeah. So they did bring them in, but because they're tieflings, they were looked down on for their... The entirety of their childhood yeah so they were made to work there but they were hardly ever spoken to um mm-hmm. they weren't ever like directly taught magic yeah uh except for maybe like i was gonna say scorchify. that's not it uh <laughs> thermaturgy to like clean stuff that's right prestidigitation um thermaturgy All, you know basic cantrip levels so that they're not a threat but they are useful so like they didn't have a great childhood like basically every hero character that's ever been
0: yeah um Yep, got the, uh, got the classic, uh, fantasy, uh, backstory of the Cinderella model, it sounds like. (laughs) More or less. Or no, Uh, like, Cinderella didn't get abandoned by her family.
1: No, I think that they, what is it, mom passed away, and then dad was missing? Why wasn't he
0: around? Uh, in the Disney movie, I think he I think in most incarnations, except for maybe like Ella Enchanted, he bites the dust. Okay. If I'm remembering that correctly.
1: I believe you. I mean there's gotta be a better reason than he just bailed. Oh yeah. Especially for those times. Yes. <laughs> like, I could believe a Disney movie coming out with that, like, now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, just for more outreach. I mean but, Treasure like, Planet. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Jim. <laughs> yeah, you know that movie is so so underrated. Oh, I know. It's so good. I believe
0: me. I I love Treasure Planet with my entire soul, and part of me would really love to get into a Spelljammer game or campaign at some point, <laughs> just because it seems to be so close to actually playing Treasure Planet.
1: <laughs> you know, you are not wrong. That is <laughs> that's basically one to one, except there's like science instead of magic. Uh, also, Joseph Gordon-Lovett plays uh, the main character.
0: I don't think I remembered that. Yeah. Uh, when I had my big treasure plant phase, I did not care who was doing the voice acting.
1: That's fair. Most kids don't. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I remember, I watched it fairly recent. well, not fairly, within the last couple of years, and I was like, that voice is incredibly familiar. Yeah. Uh, and it was Joseph Gordon-Lovett. I was like, oh, of course. It's... <laughs> My number one man crush I get it that that makes perfect sense. I'm kind of shocked that I didn't recognize it right away mm-hmm. um, i've I've completely lost my place it's okay. <laughs> uh
0: we we were talking about um the the twins being abandoned at the high elf monastery and essentially being used as uh labor.
1: Okay, <clears throat> so like, yeah, they didn't have a great childhood, but they did have a place to sleep, and they did have food. um, And they had to work, but like, you know, at least they weren't, you know, out on the street. Mm-hmm. So that all by itself isn't inherently interesting. uh, But what if the temple housed some sort of incredible artifact that was deeply sought after by many, many adventuring parties? Yeah. So the way that Annalith learned magic was so. as these adventuring parties came to claim the ancient artifact of incredible power
0: or maybe try to claim it sounds like
1: mostly not yeah mostly try to claim mm-hmm. so party after party would come in and the defensive magic in the temple like the elves themselves wouldn't get involved because the defensive magic of the artifact was such that everyone who went to claim it died yeah kind of horrifically. Yikes. <laughs> um so Analith and Ordric were in charge of cleaning up the place afterwards. Yikes. So uh as they're, you know, doing that Analith started finding these like magic tomes from wizards who were, you know, part of the party and now had no more use for uh for such things. Mm-hmm. Um they weren't necessarily taught to read uh but he knew that the books were important. like... He would probably be not necessarily in the room, but he knew that the the wizards were using the magic books or using something from the books to uh trigger something, yeah, so he started collecting them even though they weren't allowed to have possessions, so he had to do it in secret mm-hmm. um, so eventually uh there comes a day where there's like a a survivor who uh from the the latest campaign, yeah and it's a young elf boy, okay. <clears throat> so analith you know finds him and he's still breathing and so he makes an effort to hide this young man uh somewhere in the temple mm-hmm. uh ordrics against it because he doesn't want to get in trouble
0: yeah
1: uh but analith feels like it's the right thing to do so he hides him somewhere and helps him recuperate and in turn this young kid t- starts teaching him magic and like the first thing he does okay is um comprehend languages okay so that annalith um uh can start learning from all of the books that he's been stacking for okay <laughs> you know he's built not like an entire library but he's got accumulating. like accumulating 10 to 15 books yeah different spell books from different wizards and other magic items he doesn't super understand
0: very important question uh Does he actually ever learn to read, or does he just keep using comprehend languages to fake it?
1: (laughs) I feel like if you use comprehend languages long enough, you would probably pick some of it up as you go. Okay, okay. So, uh, he's not, like, a high-level wizard, so he can't do it that frequently. So I'm gonna pretend that, yeah, he learns it. (laughs) He's just a smart guy and picks up on it quickly. Okay. Um, so, um... At this point, they're probably in their late teens when he finds the, the, the kid who starts teaching him magic as he hides him in the temple. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably in his same, you know, dragon's horde, like alcove yeah. somewhere hidden that uh, he keeps all his, his library. Um, and it's at this point where Ordric uh, is first approached or like he's out somewhere and he's approached by the patron of the, uh, the Hexblade. And the first sacrifice he has to do is he has to uh, finish off the the elf kid, who was teaching Annalith, uh magic. Yikes!
0: Yikes! I hope this turns out better than I think it's going to. <laughs>
1: um, kind of, but further down the road. Uh, okay. So it it happens, and obviously there's a and a rift between them because of it, uh, and. Ordric runs off because he now he's got magic. He doesn't have to stay here anymore. Yeah, uh, And he's got a, a cool sword that's telling him what to do or whatever. Yeah. So he's he's gone. He's done. Um, And during this altercation, like the elves are also the elves of the high elves of the temple are tipped off as to uh, Analiths, you know, secret library.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So he's booted from the temple also, but he's old enough that he can start, you know, trying to make his own way. So it's not as bad as it could have been. Yeah. But he does lose most of his
0: uh spellbooks. His
1: uh library. Yeah. yeah. But he did learn how to do the blade song from uh the young kid that was remaining. Okay, okay. So from there he's um goes out traveling, um, and maybe finds a city farther away from this temple where he you know, he called home, sort of, but was never really felt like he yeah. belonged there. And it kind of sucks because he's, you know, moving from city to city, finding, oh, it's everyone who thinks this way <laughs> about Tieflings. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he, you know, tries to find a way to make himself useful, and he's trying to change the people's minds about uh. Know, tieflings and him specifically in general because, you know, he's just trying to do what's right. Yeah. So he starts hunting down bad guys.
0: Okay, okay.
1: Um, so yeah, it, he picks up, uh, <laughs> I've given him a bunch of, like, cantrips, uh, that basically make him the avatar. So he's got, okay. uh,
0: yeah, got that tracks, again? that tracks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh,. Yeah, so he's got, like, Firebolt, Gust, Mold Earth, and shape water as cantrips. Uh Uh-huh. You know, just because, as an urban bounty hunter, I feel like that would be great, because Mold Earth can make terrain into difficult terrain, which will slow down your guy. You can knock him down with all the other Mm -hmm. stuff. Good point. Yeah. So, you know, he... Basically, he's just um, an urban bounty hunter. He lives in one of the larger cities, and he uh, hunts down the people that need to be prosecuted, or, you know, whatever. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, and Urban Bounty Hunter grants you an ability called Ear to the Ground. So
0: okay.
1: You um. it gives you a contact that you can talk to in every city you come across.
0: Oh, nice. So if you
1: need information about a thing, you can go in there and you're like, oh, I know a guy. Mm-hmm. And then you can go and talk to them and uh, get some possibly helpful information, depending on how gracious your DM is.
0: That's interesting. <laughs> I, I feel yeah. like that's something that I have heard... A lot of like rogues or rangers taking for their background, not necessarily a wizard
1: yeah i mean you know me pretty well i like to play the superhero so like
0: yeah there there, <laughs> there is no shame in wanting to play the superhero i was more so commenting on the uh the relative infrequency with which i've heard that associated with like non-specifically assassin uh type characters <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean wizards are typically very squishy. Yes, <laughs> Their AC is always so low, but like with uh, the blade song, it makes more sense. Oh yeah, oh yeah.
0: In my uh, in my real life D anD D campaign, uh, we do have a wizard, and there was a point at which we were fighting a kind of enemy or monster or something that's and like specifically enjoys eating elves, and I also am playing an <laughs> elf. I think it. I think at that point I had to have like my character like mom arm in front of our wizard because, like we both were this <laughs> monster's preferred prey, but I was wearing chainmail and had a shield, and I think her AC is like twelve. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's not great. Mm-hmm. Uh. So, eventually, um. Annalith and Ordric come back together uh, and, you know, I was weaving the story in a way that the Hexblade wasn't necessarily evil either. Good, mm-hmm.
0: good. And good.
1: it was going to have uh, the, the young elf boy that was teaching Anolith, uh magic was actually also plotting to take, like, the Hexblade and sacrifice him in order to seal the pact. Okay. <laughs> uh, so the Hexblade was kind of speaking to both of them. It, the Hexblade's kind of neutral, but, like, yeah. it it just wanted a sacrifice. Um, so it ended up turning out, out that part of the pact is, like, Ordric could not explain that. Okay. Uh, but he did it to save his brother's life, but he couldn't have told him that and, you know, yeah, couldn't do anything to tell him that. It was just in the travels yeah. that uh, Annaleth comes to find that mm-hmm.
0: out. A magical gag order. Always fun right yeah
1: you know perhaps even an actual like magical limitation like he literally cannot say those words or write them or well i guess he can't i suppose he probably learned to write eventually but like he's mostly illiterate Mm -hmm. so
0: see like that that degree of control that the weapon or whatever would have over like the player character is why i am so i is why i am always so hesitant to play like Like a Hexblade or a Warlock or anything.
1: (laughs) Sure. Um,
0: Because from my perspective, it sounds like... uh, It it sounds like, from my perspective, if I were to play a character with some kind of magical enchanted weapon, it sounds for me like a magical... uh, not magical. For me, it sounds like an Eldritch Knight would be much more up my alley. Because that way doesn't necessarily come with a magical blood debt to anything. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah that's uh, <laughs> you're not wrong
0: and plus it's 2019 uh, we've all got enough dead already
1: <laughs> oh yeah ain't that the truth oh boy oh the state of the world guys it's just peachy oh yeah yeah
0: hey uh i will interrupt this for a psa uh if you're listening to this i encourage you to do something nice for someone else today, whenever you're listening to this, and if you if you tweet at the Weebird account, then I will then I'll retweet it, and I don't know, like give you some gold stars or something. <laughs> I'm literally just spitballing this, uh, but I I like to encourage being <laughs> positive whenever possible.
1: Yeah, there's it hurts nobody, and it can mean everything to somebody. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's very true. Okay, now that we are out of the PSA. <laughs> uh what do uh what does annalith and by extension ordric look like
1: um well i've obviously i've drawn them a whole bunch um ordric has a beard annalith doesn't that's how you can tell them apart otherwise they're basically identical okay okay uh um annalith likes to wear really like um higher end clothing like he he looks very sophisticated he's Assuming that um, you know all these higher ups in society wear these nice fancy outfits and they're yeah. afforded a certain level of respect, so
0: he wants to be a fancy boy.
1: Yeah, and he he also feels as though this will help lend some credence to his words because he's dressing properly and speaking in the in you know a similar cadence and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Ordric has a more utilitarian approach where he's mostly just leather armor and you know. Uh, I don't know. Sturdy pants, I guess yeah. is the word. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's basically the backstory of Annelith. I haven't really gotten to play him since the <laughs> his inception. Yeah. Or I just kind of hit random, and it was like, hey, here's a Tiefling wizard for you.
0: Yeah.
1: But I would really like to like start a game or get into a game. But, you know, adulting is is the worst thing to ever happen to a child. Oh, yes. Um, God, yes. And now that I'm working PM shifts, it's harder to make that work. Because mm-hmm. normal people are doing stuff in the morning yeah. till like, 5. And then do other things. Whereas my day starts at, like, 2.
0: Yeah. 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 So. Oh, I wanted to ask uh how did you come up with the names for annalith and ordric because neither of them sound like pasta names and i know that's one of your tricks that you tend to use
1: (laughs) you leave spigot alone she's great
0: i'm not saying it's a bad (laughs) trick i'm just saying i don't know where you came up with these names from
1: (laughs) um i uh went to a I think I googled D&D name generator, and I found specifically for tieflings. Mm -hmm. And these are simplified spellings of something that was much more complicated. Okay, okay, gotcha. And then the word, I just love the word palindrome, Mm -hmm. because I love palindromes.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And I was thinking that if I could convince my next DM uh, a trait that they could both possess with their inherent tiefling magic, is if they say a phrase that is a palindrome, they could have some sort of weird magical effect. This could be like something they can use once per campaign or something okay, so like say they're in a boss fight and one of them could say "Rise to vote, sir," and then they could take a vote on whether they fight or not or something okay I, know, something like that
0: I would. I, I w- probably I went with the much more uh, with the much more plebeian race car, which was you say race car, and like an F1 formula racer appears in your campaign that you have now.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, that would work too you know something like that if i if i can convince the dm that that w- <laughs> i i don't think it would let me do something as or they would let me do something as you know game breaking as yeah we're not going to fight we all took a vote we're going to you just lose that's fine but like you know something to that effect yeah
0: that that would be that would be very interesting <laughs> from the perspective of both a player and someone who would be running a campaign yeah like <laughs> if, if i was if i was the the person running that game in that situation I feel like the big reveal of like you pulling out a palindrome or whatever would just, I feel like I, as the game runner, would have to just like, like walk around the table or whatever for like five minutes because like, (laughs) like I knew it was going to happen at some point and now it happened and it was not at all what I was expecting.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I made up a list of palindromic phrases, but I can't, it's not on my phone. I don't know what I did with it. I don't know where else I would have put it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <'cause>...
0: <laughs> I mean, you do have a computer, so...
1: Yeah, it, it's gotta be somewhere. Or maybe I deleted it, or maybe I didn't save it. You boys kind of a mess, so it's...
0: <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's Aren't we all? <laughs> uh,
1: it's been bad lately. It's kind of what triggered me to pick uh, Anilith, because I have been, uh, I'll just say, spiraling lately, and it's a good outlet to do stuff creative. Yes. So I've just been making character actor for character and i was like oh anthos is kind of my favorite so let's talk about him yeah um, like i said this app gives me too much power yeah
0: yeah i i relate to that i recently downloaded a character sheet app for myself because at some mm-hmm. at some point i would if i have to because at some point uh, my my IRL D&D group is probably going to want to play and I will not and I might not be available because of like traveling for work or something but if sure. I have my digital character sheet then I can play <laughs> don't yeah. have to worry about packing it
1: <laughs> yeah it's great it, it like the one that I have will actually keep track of health points and stuff oh nice and like you can uh same thing with spell slots it'll like you can set your spell slots and then you can um you know there's you can open it up and it'll tell you all of the effects and you can hit cast and it'll take down one of the uh the spell slots in your list. Oh, that's neat. So like you know what you've spent. Yeah, it's really great. It's very handy.
0: Yeah. I uh I wish that I had something that I could do like that on my analog
1: physical character sheet. <laughs> Instead of just making a check mark on a separate piece of paper.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh. So Again, this is something I would have to clear with my DM, but I made up a magic item for Analyst That I'm calling the Sword of Yoink. Okay. Uh, (laughs) So it's a magic sword, and um, it's... uh, If, um, unlike a a critical hit, there is a chance that the sword itself can steal... Uh, a spell slot from the person they're attacking.
0: Ooh, I like that.
1: So they have to beat the, the spell save DC. Okay. Um, and if it if it lands, if it's like a critical hit, and you success, they can potentially steal a uh, spell slot. Or the the wizard who possesses it, like you have to be attuned to it or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but you could potentially set a prepared spell in the sword. Okay. And then you could use that as like a backup spell slot and like take a long rest and then it would... You would recharge, and the,
0: okay. the spell
1: would still be in the sword. But you can't, like, okay. steal one if there's a spell in it. That sort of thing. Like, I was thinking about magic items while listening to the Adventure Zone. And yeah. I was like, wizards are squishy. What can we do to help them?
0: <laughs> Step one: mage armor. Step two: <laughs> magical armor that that counts as clothing but still grants you a higher AC.
1: <laughs> Step yeah. three:
0: have people in your party that
1: aren't squishy. <laughs> and hide behind them. That is the drawback of being a spellcaster. Yeah. I mean, I I get the fair trade-off where yeah, you if you get punched too hard, you fall down way easier. Yeah. But you can like call down comets and stuff. It's like, uh, okay, I get it, mm-hmm. but also it's annoying.
0: Yeah. So, uh what are I know you mentioned that you only played uh that you only played uh I cannot remember. I can't. Ordric's brother's name. Uh, Analith. Thank you. I might just leave that silencing because that was just me trying to remember. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what are? I know you mentioned that you only played Analith in the in that one uh, campaign for Scoot. Um, but what are some of your favorite things that he did during that game? That Analith did uh... not Scoot. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh boy, that was so long ago. He, there was a moment that I may have made up in my memory, but um, yeah, there were three people in the party. Uh, there was Matt, Alan, and me playing Matt Hoadley, Alan Sells, and
0: me. Yeah,
1: uh, playing in Scott's campaign, mm-hmm. and the first round involved us trying to get to a point in uh like a giant plane. Okay, and we had to direct three giants to fight three other giants and we were racing between the fighting giants and another team to get to the center point okay
0: um
1: and off the bat um we were <laughs> this guy's like it's going to take you guys a long time to get there and right off the bat we we're like can we can we just fly there he's like crap yes yes you <laughs> could do that so um we were making good time, uh, but then something happened and we had to engage. Uh, and some of them were stone giants. Yeah. And you know what? No, I completely made this up, but I'm going to tell it anyway.
0: Okay.
1: Um, <laughs> there was a moment where Matt's character, this is a thing I wanted to do, but it didn't work. Or I, it wasn't my turn. Yeah. Um, Anilith, like, Scott let us make s- level seven characters, so okay. we had a whole bunch of cool stuff going right in. Okay. And there was a moment where Matt's character was going to get smashed by a stone giant with a giant stone club.
0: Okay.
1: And what I wanted to do uh, was have, because I was falling, because I didn't have fly, but I was made to fly. Yeah. But because the concentration was broken, I was falling. So I was like, can I use feather fall to direct myself to uh, pop over Matt and then use stone shape as the club is coming down to make a little pocket in the in the club to protect us both and, like, put us at advantage for hiding or whatever. Yeah. But it wasn't my turn, so I couldn't do it. Okay. But it would have been so cool! Yeah.
0: What did happen then?
1: Um, Matt got smashed, but he was fine because he was his crazy... Crazy uh, Warlock, like... Warforged? Yep. I, th- the, I... Our, I think he was a uh, halfling Warlock with the Pact of the Old One.
0: Okay, I... I think Matt might have talked about that when he was on Wayward.
1: that could be I forget
0: I also forget it's been a grip. i <laughs> i to to quote Jake Mason, my brain only can hold so much podcasts, and once I'm done editing it, a lot of <laughs> it kind of tends to just fly right out of my brain.
1: yeah, that's fair. I um have forgotten most of the inhumans, yeah. Uh, I remember that there's a dog, and that I was very disappointed, and that's about all I got on that.
0: I feel like those are very fair takeaways from the Inhumans. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. (laughs) Yeah. It wasn't very good, guys. There's a whole podcast you can listen to about it. Yeah, Um, we'll get to that in a bit. (laughs) (laughs) But, um... I don't know, I, I was still I suppose I still am pretty inexperienced when it comes to D&D, so I don't know all of the little nuances, mm-hmm. which is why I got this app to help me pick up on all the extra stuff that they know, or that you can do with your character yeah. So I don't remember doing a whole lot of cool things Um. at that time I was hoping, like we were supposed to get together again and play more but then life everyone's, happened Everyone's
0: real life schedules said no, you can't
1: Yep uh Well, actually, at the time, my real-life schedule was perfectly situated to play again. Yeah. Everyone else's was like, yeah, I'm an adult and I can't. Yeah. It's crap. Yeah.
0: The struggle is real.
1: Yeah. Being an adult is a scam. it's <laughs> I mean, the trade-off of being able to eat cookies for dinner, it doesn't really match up to all the other stuff. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, it's pretty neat to have cookies for dinner, but
0: yeah, the the this getting to have cookies for dinner doesn't negate the fact that you only have, uh, that you only have let's just say an average of five to six hours at home when you are not when you not in theory should be asleep, or at <laughs> or actually at work or on your way to work. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah.
0: Use your time wisely, kids. <laughs>
1: This became a real PSA again. Yeah, really. Uh, <laughs>
0: um, since uh, since it doesn't sound like uh, either of your good T-Flame boys have made it into another game, if you were to play either Anileth or Ordric in an actual campaign, what kind of a game would you like to play them in? Like, general tone, setting, plot hooks, that kind of a thing.
1: Honestly, I would just be happy to play D and D again. Yeah. Uh, so I, w- I would prefer like a more lighthearted tone. Like, I've been watching um, a lot of Dimension Twenty in their campaigns because they do one called Fantasy High, where it's D and D world, but it's modern day high school. Yeah. But instead of like smartphones, they have magic crystals to talk to each other with. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. Um, so like something. Kind of silly, but also kind of serious.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, just lighthearted. Yes. There's enough. Yes. Uh, Ma- like, I'm playing Ma- this for an escape. McElroy's Right. Exactly. Exactly like that. Because, like, yeah, I'm playing this for an escape. <laughs> just, let's, let's not make it too real.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh do you have anything else that you want to talk about with Annalith or Ordric uh before we go into the last question for today?
1: No, I think I covered it all.
0: Okay. Uh in that case, then your final question is why do you love Analith and Ordric so much?
1: Uh Magic Sword Boys.
0: <laughs> okay, would you like to use it more comes... than three words? <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, it's in a game, uh, he uh, was made up for a game that I really like to play with my friends, and it's um, a character that's kind of disparate from my normal personality, where he's saying the things I would normally think, and then giggle to myself about, but he says them out loud. Um, And he's, you know, just trying to do the right thing, and trying to help people. Mm -hmm. um, Not always successful, just like a, you know, be a real person in the world. Yeah, And, uh, you know, he gets to do magic and has gets to walk around with a sword and doesn't get weird looks for it. Yeah. It's you yeah. know, my my dream. The dream. I want them to take our guns so we can go back to wearing swords.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That let's make that a shirt. Take away my guns so I can have
1: swords. Yeah, I'm one hundred percent down for that. I've got a small armory that I could wear a different one every day. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Um But but yeah, he it, is You know, like every OC that you could come up with, he's an extension of your character, of my character. So, like, he gets to do all the stuff I want to do.
0: Yeah, there there is a lot to be said for having an OC that is just, like, that is just a healthy way to just have shenanigans.
1: (laughs) Yes, and D&D and, like, Wizards specifically are very well built for shenanigans. Because, like, there is a spell called... uh, like Kane's faithful hound.
0: Oh, okay, where... Kainen, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Is that how it's I pronounced? So. I've only seen it. I've only seen it written, not actually spoken. I think it's Mordenkayn.
0: Yeah, I think. That
1: Don't... that is how it's spelled. <laughs> yeah, do, so do not I at believe me. you're right. <laughs> no, I think you're right. That's how it's spelled. But like, you can make an invisible dog that only you can see. Oh, that's
0: nice. And like,
1: it'll it'll uh, it will protect you and anybody who knows your your password. And it can, it can't be hurt, but it can attack stuff that is aggressive towards you. And that's, that's delightful. That is so good. This is my spectral corgi. You can't see him, but I can. And if you touch me, he's going to bite your ankles super hard. Aww. And that's great.
0: That's so good.
1: I mean, it's a level four spell, so you can't use it a lot, but like, you still have a spectral dog. That's, that is, that's exactly what I want.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Uh,
0: yes. <laughs> yes, yes to spectral corgis.
1: <laughs> I mean, it could be any dog you want. But, yes. Or, I sp- probably doesn't necessarily have to be a dog. Yeah. I mean, it does say phantom watchdog, but maybe it's a cat. Who knows? Or like a a goat. Yeah. Well, Pick your poison. Whatever. D and D is great. It is. So I'm in-,
0: in general, D and D is great. Co signed. Yes. (laughs) So thank you so much, Sky, for coming on the show today. I very much so appreciate it, especially on the short notice.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, no problem. You know me. I got characters for days.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hashtag relatable. (laughs) So, uh, anything that. Do you have anything that you would like to promote? Where can you be found on the internet if you would like to be found?
1: Well,. If you had listened to my previous episode, I still have my own podcast. It's um, Pop Culture Failure, where me and my friend Jake – my friend Jake and I is the proper grammatical way to say that. Watch something from pop culture. Usually it's from uh, the past, uh, and then we talk about it. Usually it's something that has only gotten one season. Yeah. Um, we did take a break and watched My Hero Academia, mostly because I wanted to, and Jake had never watched it. And I knew he wasn't going to, and I needed somebody to talk to about it. Yeah. Uh, so I made him watch that. But right now we're watching Mystic Knights of tir Okay, Okay,
0: okay. Uh,
1: which is a failed Saban project uh, that's basically Power Rangers, but set in... I don't remember if we looked it up or not. Uh, uh, Re- Kells? Re- which
0: referencing is... Celtic mythology, not necessarily yeah. uh, more traditionally European or Asian.
1: Oh boy, they just named it Kells because it's Celtic? What? Oh, that is super lazy, guys. What? It's like, I just... They may have just called it Kells because it's Celtic. Yeah. That's that's very lazy. And I made that connection just now in real time. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're... the uh, I think the Wikipedia says it's supposed to be Ireland, but everybody's accent is different from each other. So it's hard to say. Yeah. We've been calling it Skyerland because it might also be Scotland.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like... If I'm gonna if I'm allowed to put on my historian hat for a hot second here, I feel oh, like by all means. I feel like in real life, pretty much every part of Europe was much more was much more um opposite of uh I'm trying like cut co- co- yeah, it was a lot every like ancient Europe and all of the Isles and things were a lot less homogenous than than common perception would make you think. <laughs> So, there we go. I'm explaining everyone's crazy accents on their behalf.
1: (laughs) Is the opposite of homogenous heteromogenous? Is that a word? I don't know. Hetero means different and homo means same. So I suppose it would be, but I've never heard that spoken before. I may have just invented a word, guys. I'll tell you what. History's being made. I'll
0: look it up while you talk about where else you want to be found.
1: (laughs) Right. Uh, So the podcast uh, i already said it was pop culture failure um we do it uh once your weekly we're weekly podcast i'm so good at talking today we are a weekly podcast where we'll talk about something from pop culture um every now and again we'll break in with something pressing like we did uh, the dark phoenix in the middle of my hero academia because it was hot and new and no one else went to see it yeah for for very good reason yeah uh <clears throat> But uh the Twitter for that one is Failed Pop Culture with no E at the end. Mm-hmm. I'm also a part of a Pokemon actual play called Pokemon Mind and Body. I play a character named um... <laughs> I, <was gonna> say, <laughs> I almost got it wrong. I play a character named Max. Uh my partner is a Shinx, and we are going through a original uh region okay. called Ecos. Um my character, I discovered that in Pokemon Tabletop United. Uh people can learn Pokemon moves, so I am up to four Pokemon moves as a human person. Okay. Uh I just learned how to do Scald. <laughs> that's pretty great. Yeah. Actually that episode hasn't dropped yet, but I learned how to do Scald. On top of Baby Doll Eyes Confide and I don't know, a third one, or a fourth one. I forget what it is. Yeah. Uh but it, uh, having a pretty good time. Good. Um And I think that's all of them for now. Um, there is a project in the works, but that's still very preliminary, so we probably shouldn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, um,
0: did you, I was looking up the definition, uh, did you mention your regular Twitter handle?
1: Oh, uh, I can be found at Sandwich Surplus, uh, where you can see me retweet about dogs, uh, and talk about the stupid suits I buy. I just got a Spider-Man one, it's pretty boss, Yeah. I wore it all day yesterday at work, uh, and a lot of i don't know everyone who works there because we have a pretty big staff but everybody was just like yeah that makes sense Mm
0: -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) so hashtag on brand
0: yep the home for widow seas is a part of the corner podcast network it can be found on itunes or apple Podcasts, google play pippa and stitcher uh our theme song is violet by poppington bear courtesy of the free music archives New episodes come out on the second and fourth Mondays of the month. If you'd like to get in touch with us, we can be found on Twitter at WaywardOCpod or through the WaywardOCpod hashtag. Uh, And I currently have a pretty good slate of guests lined up, uh, so I am currently not taking uh, original character submissions. But if you have a podcast that you would like to have promoted on Wayward, uh, if you've been listening to the episodes, you know I kind of do like an end slate ad, Uh, so if you have one of if you have something that you would like to be promoted feel free to get in touch with me uh i can't necessarily promise anything but i can at least listen uh (laughs) and of course uh because this is a podcast it is always incredibly helpful if you can subscribe and leave a rating on your listening platform of choice or maybe even a review because that helps us to find a wider audience and to brighten more people's days so thank you all for listening This has been the home for Rayward OCs, and we hope you enjoyed your stay. Sorry, I am paying attention. I'm also just painting my nails at the same time. (laughs) It's multitasking, kids.
1: Yeah. Hi, I'm Tanner. And I'm Lindsay. And together we host a podcast called Not If I Reboot You First.
0: It's a show where we take our favorite properties and reboot them before Hollywood gets the chance to.
1: We also do adaptations and spinoffs and sequels, but everybody seems to call those reboots too. It's everyone's favorite buzzword. Sometimes we make something really good, like when we turn The Mummy into a proper pilot for the Dark Universe.
0: Sometimes things go bad and I drunkenly yell at J.K. Rowling for an hour.
1: And sometimes it gets really weird, and we time-crash the entire Mighty Ducks franchise into a single universe.
0: So join us every week for something that's a little bit like brainstorming fanfiction!
1: Follow us on Twitter at N-I-I-R-Y-F-POD. Those are the letters for the name of the show, and it's pronounced niiryf I turned Princess Belle into Iron Man once. Wait, what?